welcome to our Wednesday midweek service. Uh, we've been talking about humility powered. And uh, every time I think I'm going to get off of this topic, the Lord has more that he's downloading. All right, so let's get into it. Let's go to Philippians 2. Philippians 2. Uh, uh, verse uh, 8. Wow. All right, it says, And being found in the fashion as a man, it says, He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. All right, so this is highlighting Jesus and his humility. Give me one more second. All right, so, <laughs> all right, sorry about that, y'all. Nobody in the building, so every little thing we do, you can hear. Yeah, so, all right, so, uh, Philippians 2, verse 8. All right, so this is highlighting Jesus um, and how he operated in the ultimate humiliation. And, um, you know, what I... When I was reading through this, and we've talked about the scripture a lot here, you know, think about it. Being found in the fashion, in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, again, the, he, uh, scripture talks about in Second Corinthians how he gave his, um, gave himself up, gave up all his deity uh, so uh, for us. Operating as a man and giving your life unto death, so 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 I was thinking through it, and I was thinking through how that relates to humility. I mean, the ultimate humiliation: trusting God could resurrect him from extinction. Trusting God could resurrect him from extinction. And so, so again, as we're uh, endeavoring to operate in humility. <laughs> As we endeavor to operate in humility, um, we must understand that uh, that God can resurrect us from anything. So in this particular case, God can resurrect us from extinction, death, uh, be totally gone. So I was thinking through Jesus processing through dying but trusting God will resurrect them. And so it's hard for us to trust God to resurrect us from, you know, mishaps, mistakes, uh, imperfections, like to be still and trust that God will resurrect us from where wherever we are. And so, so to me, this connects to Matthew 11. And I apologize, I'm a little slow walking, kind of loud myself. To be a little distracted. I missed the turn today too. So what's going on? I missed the exit. <laughs> All right. So uh, Matthew 11. We'll start here. Verse 28. It says. Uh, uh, Come unto me all ye that are. That labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. It says take my yoke upon you. And learn of me. It says, for I am meek and lowly of heart. So we already talked about that, meek and humble. He says, 
and ye shall find rest for your souls. For, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But what I want to highlight here, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So, so Christ is saying just like lock up with me and let me show you how to operate in humility power. And so, of course, we take it connected back to Philippians 2. In Philippians 2, he was obedient unto death. So he was, you know, again, never about himself. Now let's go to Matthew 16, since we're in Matthew. Let's go to Matthew 16. This is uh, Zipporah's. mission statement over here. All right, so verse 24, it says, uh, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So again, he, we're learning of him, and we're learning that he was obedient unto death, but we're also learning his, his level of humiliation was, number one, to deny self, number two, to take up your cross, and that's your vertical relationship with God, and your horizontal relationship with man, it says, and follow me. And so when I see follow me, he's saying, follow me, stay buried, stay in sustained stillness. Remember we talked about last week, scriptures, uh, Psalm 4610, it says, be still and know that I'm God. And I, I mean, we've talked about that scripture before, and in studying out that scripture, the Example of that scripture, of course, is when um, uh, people go through or, or men go through circumcision. And so when they go through circumcision, they have to be still. The child has to be still. Um, the why, why does the child have to be still? Because something vital could be cut and it could cost the child their life, right? So, so they have to be still. So when you think about be still to know that I'm God, you're being still and um, in that process, um, uh, as God is trying to resurrect you, there could be some things that's cut out of your life, but God only wants to cut the things that need to be cut, not nothing vital, right? But sometimes we're moving, like we can't, <laughs> like we can't sit still, like we won't allow God to resurrect us from there because we're so tempted to resurrect ourselves. Uh, I studied this out a long time ago. I, I probably shared this in another teaching or maybe one of the other teachers on humility. But the statement is this. This is, but, uh, but such is man's capacity for self-deception. For such is man's capacity for self-deception that he can negate reality and build substance around a vacuum of nothing. All right, but such is man's capacity for self-deception. So we all have the capacity of self-deception. You know, that he can negate reality. Man has the ability to negate reality and build, build substance around a vacuum of nothing. Actually, I got that from the Kamash when I was studying out something else in the Kamash. And so, so, so we have to understand, you know, that that it's a danger to be confident in ourselves. It's a danger to slip into pride because we can easily deceive ourselves. Like we can, 
we can um, not recognize where we truly are. Like we could be so blind, you know, uh, you know, as I was coming up, I, oh, I was thinking through this because I'm, I'm a pastor now in ministry. And so one of the guys I grew up with, uh, so I'm trying to think he, he might have been, if I can, if I'm thinking right, he might have been my first, Marcus, can you turn me up, please? He might be my first, I think my first best friend, I think. You know, it's kind of hard. You know, you're young, you be, best friends, you just be, we're best friends because we like the same colors, you know? <laughs> we're best friends because we both got Adidas. But, uh, but I know he, he was, I was young, I was just before high school. And so, and then I always tell the story, you know, because I made the baseball team, we didn't, we didn't spend as much time together because I'm going to practice. Well, he called my wife. Uh, I don't know, her number might have been on Facebook or something. And he says, uh, I'm looking for Keith Bradley. And she says, well, you know, that's my husband. She says, he, so he was like, oh, my God, God is good. And he was crying uh, because I was living for God. <laughs> and, so, and so my wife was like, man, was you that bad? And I was like, well, <laughs> I said, well, I said, I, you know, I guess I, I said, I did, you know, okay. I mean, the only way I can say it, maybe I was that bad. But it's relative because, you know, I, there's some people looking out there be like, no, he's, he's a pretty, pretty nice guy. But when I was thinking through it, I was telling my wife, I said, but the stuff that I did, you know, no, I think he told her. He said, yeah, because last time I seen him, he was out there. That's what he told her. And I was like, okay, so I never really saw myself as out there. But, but I said to myself, like, I don't recall seeing him. I don't recall seeing him probably since high school. So when he said the last time he saw me, when I left New Jersey, I was 20, what, 28, 29, whatever. Or last time he saw, and, and then when I left New Jersey, I, was, I started to live for God at the end of leaving for New Jersey. So I was like, so I wonder when he saw me. But I learned something. A lot of people see you, you don't see them. And so that's a collection of people that's, that probably saw me. And since he was going to church and I wasn't, I probably was. <laughs> what? Out there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so you'd be surprised. Um, how people see you. And you notice I said, okay, I was, you know, hanging out, getting high, but I never considered myself as out there. But somebody else saw me as out there. Somebody saw me and was like, man, Keith doing bad. I might have been blasted out my mind that day, but but I, I could be uh, responsible, had a good job, whatever. But as far as they're concerned, man, Keith out there. So you have to ask yourself, what are people seeing that you aren't? What's in your blind spot? See, a lot of times if somebody tells you something and it comes across a negative, let's say, say you're rubbing people the wrong way. I'll just use that statement. And you go, I ain't rubbing people the wrong way. You're basing that on what? You ain't people. <laughs> you're the one that's rubbing them the wrong way. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's, 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 we, uh, we can have blind spots. And that's why when I, when I saw that statement, um, our capacity for self-deception, right? So, see, deception is the weapon commonly chosen by the adversary, right? Why? Because it, it hides his weakness and our truth. So, 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 
The adversary is pulling weapons, right? He's trying to pull weapons. The one he uses the most is deception because deception hides his weakness, but it hides our truth. We're deceived from the truth about ourselves, but we also we're deceived from the truth about him, which is he's weak, right? You know, the scripture says, was Isaiah? He said, in the last days, they're going to be like, is this the guy that turned the world upside down? Like, how did they let him deceive them? <laughs> right? And so we have to, we have to challenge ourselves um, to, to die to the things that is, is, is causing us to be uh, deceived. See, because this whole thing about deception, you know, and Satan using it most importantly, um, the reason why he uses it the most is because it guides us into uh, the best position for him to influence us. That's why he uses deception. And you know what that best position is? Pride's blindness. So his adversary is always trying to get us into pride. Uh, pride's blindness. Have you ever just done something dumb? Everybody's telling you it's dumb or everybody's trying to talk to you, but you gotta, I mean, you're, you're either intimidating them on, on attack or you're convincing them that they're tripping. But you're hearing it from more than one source though, right? And so how does that happen? Something is, uh, is blinding us and it's called pride. So the adversary is constantly trying to use this deception to get us in a place of pride because he wants us in pride's blindness. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4. Well, we're going to focus on four, but we'll start at verse three. And we'll start at verse one. This is therefore seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not, we don't give up. This is but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, deception, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, deception, but, um, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So, so we're, we're actually are humbly understanding that we don't see everything. Uh, verse 3, it says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Right? It's verse 4. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which, what? Believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So he's trying to blind the minds of men all the time. So the whole, so, so the whole thing is to get us overconfident. He can, because if you're overconfident, you're not, me and my wife was talking about this, and I was saying, as I continue to grow in my life, I'm, I, I, I endeavor, I work hard not to be confident in myself. You know, because then I, so I'm not going to go and get in the harm's way because I'm a, I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor, I'm in the Word. Oh, no, <laughs> that ain't going to happen to me. That's the person it happens to, right? That's the person that happens to. Oh, that ain't going to happen to me. As soon as that person depends on themselves or, you know, their prayers or 
or their scripture knowledge or their personal growth in the Lord, it happens to them. And my wife always talks about, uh, she's been talking about this for years as she reads through the, the Old Testament. She was like, wow, like, children of Israel, man, what was wrong with them? Like, you know, God would deliver and people would get overconfident. And I think we were talking about this the other day. We was driving, but we were talking about, like, you know, how it's like that now. God delivers and we get overconfident. God delivers. It's like we're just looking for the deliverances to be overconfident. And we keep finding ourselves right back in that same hole as the children of Israel did. So I was thinking through, like, I was just meditating on different things. So in Daniel 4, let's go to Daniel 4. And I was just looking at the deception and pride and, and how it's stealing our humility. You know, people are walking around sitting in overconfidence, like, you know, assessing themselves as sweet. What the scripture says in uh, Romans 1, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It says it God turned them over, what, to a reprobate mind? And they start doing things unseemly. So we're in a culture of self-deception where people got over in the pride, can't nobody tell them nothing, and they've professed themselves to be wise, right? And they're walking around as fools, right? On a consistent basis. I had a great conversation with this guy's radio host now, and we were talking, um, uh, it's a good friend of mine, and we was on the road, and he was like, man, what's going on out here? He was like, what's going on out here? He's like, you know, and then the people that everybody's listening to, they endorse them because of their status, not because they're communicating truth. So they convert their deception into truth because of their status. Well, it's got to be truth because they said it. Not that it is truth. So he said, but I don't know what's happening out here. I said, me either. Well, I know what's happening out here. People are being deceived. All right, so first... 30, Daniel 4.30, it says, the king spake and said, is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom, for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power, it says, and for the honor of my majesty. This is the king, king rolling now, right? It says, and while the word, it says, while the word was in the king's mouth, so while he's, uh, gloating on himself. It says, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. And they shall drive thee from men and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen and seven times shall pass over thee until thou know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it whomsoever he will. And I think that's important because we're talking, when we talk a king, we're not talking like somebody like in our culture that's, let's say they got, a, I don't know, we just pick 30 million or, or, or a billion. We're not, we're not talking like, we're talking a king of a kingdom, not just a person that's doing well off within the kingdom. We're talking about a person that's ruling the entire kingdom, gets overconfident, and God, in a blink of an eye, snatches his throne from him. Like, just, just, just in a blink. Oh, no, no, no. Your kingdom's departed from you. 
And so, so, so for us, I think it's important, again, God's preparing us for some things, for us to stay in humility because as quick as God has allowed you to have it, just as quick he can take it away from you, right? If you don't recognize it is he that giveth thee the power, right? Does that make sense? And then um, uh, I'm going to let y'all read it for yourself, but I'm going to give you the verse. We just read Daniel 4, um, just for the sake of time, Daniel 5, verses 20 through 31. So the interesting thing is this happened to the king in the kingdom. So let's just say... Uh, We'll just pick some mind. We'll just pick the Andersons. You guys are kings of the kingdom. Uh, don't, jump, don't jump the gun. See, that's, we talked about that. See, you just jumped the gun. I ain't finished the story yet. So now that you jumped the gun, so kings of the kingdom, and you get overconfident like this guy did, right? He's like, yes. Just slow down here. But you lose. You, you get overconfident. He tells you what happened. But you're a king, and you have a family, right? So your children's around, right? They see what happened, what, what's going to affect them too. Because before, they could just go out and buy stuff, and now you're like, nah, we're on a budget. <laughs> How's the king on a budget? Well, you know, everything was taken away from us, right? So then your, 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 your son takes over. He's king, right? You would think what? There you go. <laughs> you would think he learned. But uh, uh, Belshazzar, he goes through the same thing. Right, and so uh, and you know why he's overconfident at, at the at the at the uh, meal, you know. I look a hand just just was just just a hand and an arm or whatever, just a hand. That's it. Nobody starts to write on the wall, but he doesn't know what it means. So Daniel comes. He's like, well, if any, you know, like they do. Anybody can interpret this thing, man. You know, just you know, we'll, we'll take care of him in the kingdom. So Daniel comes and interpret it, but his interpretation is. Didn't you learn from your dad? <laughs> Didn't you learn what happened to your dad? He says, the interpretation is, you're going to lose. It's like, like, it's going to happen to you. But it was worse for the son because the son could have learned by example. So now, now you would think when Daniel told him that, he's the king, man, cut his head off. No, Daniel got blessed because they knew enough, don't mess with the man of God. So Daniel gets blessed. Right away, the king loses his life. He's he gone. Like, as quickly as he got it, as quickly as he lost, because so, he didn't learn. Like, we have to understand, like, like, like we can't, you know, I, so, and I think it, you know, it makes a lot of sense to my wife, but I always tell her, no, nah, I don't care what, I, what level I'm at, I'm never going to be confident in me. Because it ain't me doing nothing. <laughs> So, so why would I even think to be confident in me? We'll get into that here in a second. But, but so, so, so when you get through a chance, please read through that story. It really is going, um, it's, go, it's going to be very intriguing. We have to understand this. Like God sees and humbles the arrogant. He sees and humbles the overcome. Remember Herod? Herod wasn't wrong for the good, the giving a good speech. He was wrong for when they, they, they said, Herod, Herod's God. And he was like, yeah, as opposed to no glory to God, right? It's not me, it's God, right? Glory to God. So worms came and ate him up from the inside out. And I, I don't know if we want to read this. All right. 
Let's just read it. Job 34. Job 34. I already know. We might have one more week of humility. I got to be obedient. Even though I have all these other teachings I want to teach. But it's not about me. It's about what God wants to talk about. All right, so Job 34, and we'll do uh, 21. We'll do Job 34, verse 21. It says, for his eyes are upon the ways of man, and he seeth all his goings. There is no darkness, nor slow shadow of death, where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. Now, you know, people that operate iniquity are self-indulgent, right? It says, it says, for he will not, he will not lay upon man more than right, that he should enter into judgment with God. He shall break in pieces mighty men without number and set others in their stead, put others in their place. Therefore, he knoweth their works and he overturneth them in the night <laughs> so that they are destroyed. He striketh them as wicked men in an open sight, in, in the open sight of others because they turned their back from him and would not consider any of his ways so that they caused the cry of the poor to come unto him and he heareth the cry of the afflicted. See, when people are in pride, they're, 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 okay, one, they afflict people in a couple of ways. One, how they deal with people. How they deal with people. They're not serving people as leaders they're, they're almost slaving people as leaders. They're not leading, they're lording. So that's one way they afflict them. Another way they afflict them is a person in pride is all about their position, not getting you into position. So now you're afflicting a person because you, you're smothering that person from evolving in what they purpose to do. That's another way they afflict people. Another, another way they afflict people is every person that's in your life that's, that, that God is... Uh, set to lead you has pieces you need to get where you're going. But a, but a corrupted, prideful leader ain't sharing those pieces because they see where you're going. And they see you're going to go beyond where they're going so they'll keep things secret. So you're afflicting people. You know, you're, you're, you're frustrating people because they, 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 something's missing. You have what's missing, but you're not generous. You're not freely giving it all away. You're keeping it for yourself. You got it over here. So, so you can be special, but you're not sharing every, see, every minute of every hour, there's something that you're supposed to be giving away. But, but a, a person that's not a solid leader or arrogant or in pride is hoarding. They're hoarding. They're not giving it away. You know, they, <laughs> they, they box them folk out. <laughs> like, like, so the leader, the, 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 the leader above them can, is looking for additional help. But the, the, the leader that's leading the help is in the way. Like every time the leader is looking for, they're jumping in the way. Like, what you want? You want me, right? You need me. I can do it. <laughs> like, you just constantly get in the way of other people being seen. So you cause an affliction. And God says, well, I got to move you out the way because you don't understand how to operate as a leader, right? And see, so, so this has been a pattern for a long time. First Samuel 5. 1 Samuel 5, now 1 Samuel 15, I apologize. 
1 Samuel 15. See, this is how Saul lost his throne. Come on, you're the first king, man. <laughs> you ain't got... <laughs> like, you don't have nobody to reference to mess up. <laughs> there was no other kings, right? Like, God selected you, man. Like, what happened to the person that God selected? Like, you were so... Like, you're so humble. Oh, my God, me? Me? King? For real? Me? Little old me. Oh, man, I just don't know what to do. All day, God just selected me. Then you start to grow, and all of a sudden, like, yeah, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the first person to ever been selected king. So what? What could you possibly say to me? I'm king. Like, you lose sight of stuff. You get overconfident. And, and, And you remember the first time he got overconfident, was uh, he had specific instructions. Listen, take out the poison. That's pretty, I'm just, I'm paraphrasing. And he decided, oh, no, you know, I know God, God understands. We'll keep the sheep. We'll keep, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we'll keep some of the gold. God, yeah. Samuel's like, what is you doing? Right? Then he decided he was going to be a priest. He was going to make himself a priest. No, you're a king. That's, uh, you know, something me and him was talking about following God's plan for your life. God has a specific design for you. So his design was king, not priest. Some of us are kings, but we're trying to be priests. That's a whole other teaching. We'll get into that another time. All right. All right, so 1 Samuel 15. Humility, boy, if we could just trust our, our position, trust our place, trust our design. Trust God. All right, so 1 Corinthians 15, it says, look, so after Samuel got overconfident and stuff like that, Saul, I mean, after Saul got overconfident, I apologize, Samuel, you know, who was hurt because he, you know, he kind of, you know, brought him up. So he's he's walking them through some things, and he's letting them know where he got clouded. Verse 17, it says, and Samuel said, when thou was little in thine own sight, it says, was thou not made the head of the tribe of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. He said, when thou was little in thine own sight. So he's like, you used to be humble. You, you used to be not puffed up in your own sight. Like you saw yourself as it's, it's a privilege, not as I'm doing you a favor to fill this position. So what happened to the person that had so much appreciation to be, have the opportunity to be king, now you've converted yourself into like, well, I'm doing you a favor, I'm king. See, see, you've lost your humility. And we know what happened to uh, Saul, right? All right, so Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8. Advanced information. So a lot of times, you know, you know, as you're getting messages, some of them are targets. Some of them are uh, prophetic. Some of them are warnings. Uh, some of them are enlightenment. You know, you just, it, it's, it's customized for depending on the situation. You know, but sometimes you can sit there, well, you know, I know that already. Or, you know, that's not me. Yeah, but you may need the information for 
to help someone else, but you may need the information because it may become you. <laughs> you know how we always say what we're not going to do? <laughs> it may become you. Um, so you want to absorb the information not just for where you are, for where you're going. Does that make sense? All right, so, so Proverbs 8.13, it says, the fear or the reverence of the Lord is to hate evil. So when I say I reverence God, right, it says I hate evil. Look, look, look. I hate pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. <laughs> right? So when I say I love God, I don't like these things. I don't want to be around these things. Or I want to help people convert from these things. Right? So the reverent fear and worship awe of the Lord includes, the reverent fear and worship of the Lord includes hatred of evil, pride and arrogancy, people operating outside the lines, and the perverted mouth. That's a part of because I worship and reverence God, right? So, so I'm not, not that I'm, um, how could I say, uh, condemning anyone. But to see, again, the Bible uses hate a lot when it says, hey, hey, the person that hates his mother, father, sister, and brother for, for, <laughs> for, the, for the Lord, for the word's sake, for the kingdom's sake, he's, if you don't hate your mother, father, sister, and brother, but it's saying in comparison to your passion for the kingdom, that connects to something else, right? See, see so it's not saying hate your mother, like we love, I, we love our parents, right? Okay, you know, just jump right in here. You know, just a couple eight minutes. <laughs> right, right? So we love our parents or, or, or your sisters, your brothers, your family. You love your family. So look at the, the, how you love your family, but it's saying in comparison to the kingdom and the things of God, it will look like you hate them. Right? So, so, so it's a whole nother level of, of locked-in passion, right? <laughs> Think of how that would look. That love is at a whole nother level, right? And so I so 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 I think we want to spend some time today. So I wanted to talk about, you know, just 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 this this deception the adversary uses called pride and and how we have the capacity of self-deception and we can negate reality and build a substance around nothing and call it something. Like we can live in that for years, right? Right? But it's 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 this, it's pride's blindness, right? And then I gave some examples of different kings at higher levels that got overconfident. Uh, I was a personal assistant for a long time, so I got to travel around these different men and guys, these people I pray for. Uh, and um, so I'm in Philadelphia, and so. One of the personal assistants comes out. He's he's the assistant of a, a pastor in how can I put this in the um, Maryland D.C. area. <laughs> I'll just say that. And so the guy, uh, this is not a negative thing, but the guy told he said he said yeah man he's about to build a city of faith. So so not just because he already had one location. I, he might have three locations now, I'm not sure, but they're, they're in proximity, but he's talking about building a city of faith. So they had, they had, had a strip mall, was paid for. Um, they, you know, just started growing, right? Um, just phenomenally growing. Um, 
He's good. He's a good guy. I like talking to him. So, <clears throat> so when he said it to me, I said, "Wow!" I said, "Think about that. Like, how would you not be tempted to be overconfident if he finishes his city of faith?" So it made me think back to when I was researching God's generals. I read through the book God's generals and all the different generals. And the book is how some succeeded and some failed, right? And so when I was reading through Alexander Dowie, Alexander Dowie was man of healing. He started to grow. Like he didn't know he, didn't know he was going to be big time. He just, uh, I think he might have been like one of the other men of God, like a plumber. Like, like, like he, you know, similar to Smith Wigglesworth, one of those. But he, uh, uh, he just started to grow, like. Phenomenal, and then people were coming from all over because the Lord's using them and healing and stuff like that. And so he, uh, they grew, and they had tent meetings. So they had these these large tents, and five thousand would come, ten thousand. You know, I think uh, uh, Mary uh, Maria Edder Woodworth, Woodworth, Woodworth. Did I say it right? But but I know she had like tents with five thousand, ten thousand folk. You know, uh, and and people would come and get healed and things of that nature. So. Uh, Alexander Dewey started to grow, and you know he started to grow in finances and everything. So he he bought some some land, uh, I don't know, eight hundred to a thousand acres, uh, and named the city. He he created he, it was a city. He created his own city, uh, Zion, Illinois, right? And so, but and so he was the he, so he's not only he was the the pastor, the preacher, the apostle, everything. He was he was all everything. But it got to a point when he, he just started to get like, well, can't nobody tell him nothing. So nobody could make a suggestion or nothing. It was just like, I'm the man. And then so, so even if he got criticized, you know, Kenneth Hagin always said, don't answer your critics. You know, if you answer your critics, you give them power, right? So somebody might criticize. It could be in this particular case, he's in Illinois. This is in New York. He buys out a whole train takes all his people to get on a train to go back to uh, to get on a person that criticized him. Like he went through those lengths, like to, uh, but he took his posse, you know, he took his, his posse. Well, he, he ran out of the whole train, probably took the whole church and everybody in the city, right? So then um, every time somebody was like, hey, man, like, you know, you might be going a, a little bit over the top because he started to wear all the, uh, you know, all the, the miters and all the garb, like, almost like, <laughs> you know, I'm the man. Like, like, and he got puffed up and overconfident, and he lost his mind. But God was using him originally. He just got to a place where, eh, who could possibly share anything with me? <laughs> you know. You know, God's used me in healing. After a while, now it's what I used to do, <laughs> not what I'm doing because you get overconfident. So God doesn't want that to happen to us. And so what happened in his particular case? In his particular case, pride blinded him, right? So pride blinded him. So does that mean God couldn't use him no more? Yes, God could use him again. There's another guy. He was in a, he, uh, uh, he fell as a man of God. And uh, he was in a bar. He was in a bar because um, he he's not living for God no more. Somebody fell out. But this guy got always used with healing, gift of healing. He repented to God at the bar, laid hands on the guy, and the guy got healed. 
<laughs> right? Uh, so God can use you. It's not like, like you, if you slip, it's not like you lose the gift. You're just blind. Gift and the call of God without repentance. All right? So, so again, let's, let's, I just gave you a crystallized version of a lot more detail than that. There's a whole nother teaching. So just, just trust me on that piece. There's exceptions to the rules and different things like that, but that's just that piece. So let's talk about this uh, blindness from pride that's stealing our humility. Second Chronicles. Let's go to Second Chronicles. Because actually, you know, I started off by saying how um, a lot of times in our culture, we're endorsing people or we're converting lies into truth because of people's status. So if somebody has a certain status or they have a certain financial footprint or if they're your favorite actor or something like that, oh, whatever they say is gospel. That's not true. Like, just, like, just not true. There's a bunch of businessmen met with this particular athlete and they spent $15,000 $15, they all paid $15,000 to spend, I don't know, a day or eight hours with the person. And at the end, they did a rap session. And they're asking the person about their, you know, um, so I'm having trouble with my son. Well, the guy was just a good athlete. It, no one said he was a good father, <laughs> right? But they felt because he, uh, uh, trying not to say the sport, let's just say, because he, because he scored 15 touchdowns, then he can help me with my kid. One has nothing to do with the other, right? And, and so we have, to, uh, we have to understand that what's happening out here is a lot of people have, because of pride, because of lack of humility, they've gone blind. And so people are communicating from, a, uh, a, uh, from blind spots. And it's, 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 uh, it's, it's affecting our harmony and our growth and, and, and you, know, you know, our country, really, to be honest with you. All right, so... Second Chronicles 7, because there is a solution to this, to this, right? Second, Second Chronicles 7, we'll start here, verse 14. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, look, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, look, look, and turn from their wicked, twisted ways, it says, then will I, he will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. See, the, and when the land gets healed, you know how you know it's healed? People aren't blind no more. <laughs> People aren't blind, they can see. <laughs> Remember Jesus, Jesus, we talked about it, I forgot, uh, Sunday, uh, was it uh, Luke 4, when Jesus, one of his roles was, hey, you know, the Lord has anointed me. <laughs> Recovering of sight to the blind. Like, there's a, there's a lot of things on the list that Jesus could have done. Why was recovering of sight to the blind? Releasing the captives that are bound. Them that are bruised, broken hearted. Why, why is that on the list? Hey, 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 good news to the poor. Them that are without purpose, sight, and everything they need. Why, why was that important? But, but so, so this is, this, this, he says, I'll heal their land. It says, uh, verse 15. It says, now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. It says, for now I have chosen and sanctified this house, right, that my name may be there forever and mine eyes.
eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. Like, like, how many times with all this craziness does anybody say, hey, I got the answer? <laughs> hey, hey, I got the answer. Humility. <laughs> Seek his face. Let's turn from the twistedness, right? <laughs> then he'll hear from us. People will tell you all that. I prayed. Is it a guarantee that he's hearing you? Because the Bible says God doesn't hear the prayer of the sinner. John 9, 31. Right? Yeah, but think about it. That's like you in a relationship. You want the person to hear you because you want to get back in, but you spend all your time with somebody else. <laughs> right? And you expect that person to be listening to you <laughs> based on your actions, right? Right? You, act, you have to change your actions, right? So we got to return to God and we have to, so we can experience the healing humility and reverse the curse, right? So he said, I'll heal their land. He'll heal us from corporate blindness. It's like a, 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 a and I know, when you hear corporate, you think about corporation, but I'm talking about a collection of, of, of a, a group of blind folk. You know, I learned this years ago, like when, when people in the kingdom slip and they fall, and you know, a lot of times what happens is you have a man of God and he falls. Falls, it could have could been infidelity, it could be embezzlement, whatever, whatever he does. A lot of times, you know, the man of God's had a certain, certain footprint, he wants to jump right back up in the pulpit. But that's not the healthy thing to do. Doesn't mean that he should never return to the pulpit. What it means is he has to be healed of that blindness. So the, the, per, the, man, the, the person that's committed the infraction is like, I ain't going to do it no more. And they probably are sincere. And they go, man, I really blew it. I mean, with all the, the hype, they go, oh, yeah, I'm sincere. That's not the challenge. The challenge is you're still blind. See, we have to be healed of blindness. So when we slip... We, we've lost sight. We've lost, we've lost sight. Remember, the, the, uh, as narrow as the way, there's lines, there's boundaries. We've lost sight of the boundaries. We done walked all out in the craziness. So when we go, oh my God, I can't believe I'm out here. I need to get back over there. That's a good thing. But if we still can't see the line, we're going to walk right back out there again. We got to get our sight back. We got to see back. See, pride blinds us. Pride will keep you out of the presence of God and you'll have a good reason to be out. In your own head, in your own mind, God will be telling you straight up what you're doing. He'll be like, nah, but that doesn't apply to me because my situation is different because I've analyzed the situation. I've come to the conclusion that just based on, if you look at it from a different angle, my situation is, you see, because I'm super holy, super holy people that doesn't apply to because I've, I've crossed over into a level. See, I'm at a level, I was called to this level before the foundations of the world. So this is almost impossible for me to actually be in the situation that you're talking about because, hey, because of grace. See, it's grace. And no, that's not, no, 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 stop. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible is saying, right? This, this is, it's dangerous, man. So just like a leader must heal before returning to service, right? Uh... And, and, and a part of that is because compromise doesn't just steal. Well, well, compromise doesn't steal your gifting, but it does steal your sight. And so a lot of times leaders and people in the body, 
when they sense they're gifted, let's say if you're, you, uh, you're, you're a revelation person, like, you, or you see uh, discerning the spirits, or you have a prophetic gift on your life, you could be in compromise. You go, yeah, but, you know, gift's still working. Compromise doesn't steal your gift, it steals your sight. It twists your gift. Satan has never, Satan is not a creator, but he is a perverter. He takes what's been created and twists it, perverts it, wicked. Wicked means twist, twisted. So he takes it and he twists it. So, so, so tries to twist it for his use. When I was out there in the world, I influenced people. I had people doing stuff they, knew they would never do before. I was twisted. I influence people now to come to the kingdom. I'm just not twisted now. Right? And that's the thing. Some of us are off with twist. Like people are following you. They're listening to you. They're following you. And so, 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 how can we operate in anywhere near sin around sin? Remember he said, uh, we just, where did we, we read it at? Uh, it was the Proverbs. Would you hate, uh, you hate pride, you hate evil, right, Proverbs 8.13, right? So you hate all these things. So how can you be comfortable in these environments? You're, and in some cases, participate in these things, and because you speak Bible, and because you talk holy, and you have all the language, think it's cool. Think it's, it's not, it's not cool. Like, okay, okay, if you, if you uh, let's say, if you, you're driving out here, you're in a car, you got your windows down, everybody on the freeway is, is bumping, I don't know, something that's not godly. Okay, that, that's a little different, ain't it? But I'm talking about we have choice, and we'll excuse the choice and justify it because we're talking righteous? See, there's a blind spot there because now your gift is being perverted. It's being twisted. It's not being used the way God wants it. See, pr uh, pride, uh, it, and, and actually this is not my quote, so I'll tell you the author in a second, but pride's power gives us perverted judgment of what reality is. Pride's power gives us perverted judgment of what reality is, making us unable to give true praise and thanksgiving, except in a general way. We'll give a little shout out of praise and thanksgiving. Pride's power makes us think we did it ourselves. Pride's power makes us think we did it ourselves. That's John uh, uh, Rittenbaugh. John Rittenbaugh is where I got that from. So pride's power gives us perverted judgment of what reality is making us unable to give true praise and thanksgiving, except in a general way. So it's not like we're not giving praise and thanksgiving, but it's like general, it's not from the heart. Pride's power makes us think we did it ourselves. So the reason why we're only giving God general thanksgiving and praise, because we believe it's, we, we, we did it, God made us, I give you honorable mention because you made me, but I did this. <laughs> See, so, so I'm not going to give God his full thanks and praise because I believe innately inside me it's, 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 it's my power and my might. That's why when we slip and fall, we're depressed. 
Because how could I have done that? How is that possible? It's possible because you flesh and blood and you human and you ain't as, none of us are sweet. That's why. We just got confident in ourselves because of what we've learned, what we say, where we've arrived from. And that ain't got nothing to do with it. It's God. It's not our power, not our might, but his spirit, saith the Lord. It ain't us. So we, we, we beating ourselves up. Again, that's pride. How are you going to pass on judgment on yourself different from what God would do? That don't even make sense. Like if God forgives you, you go, no, 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 I don't deserve forgiveness. So who's God? See, only pride can do that. Pride is thinking, yeah, because I, that, Z, because I, see, see, other people do stuff like that, but not me. Really? That's a prideful statement in itself. You're saying other people do it, but not you, based on what? You just did it. <laughs> so I guess we do it. <laughs> Right? The fact that you did it means you do it too. You could do it too. You got, there's a level of confidence because why would you get anywhere near a situation where you could be tempted? You got to be confident. It can't happen to me. I'm telling you it can happen to any of us. So don't go nowhere near it. Don't stand in the way of sinners. Don't sit in the seat of his corner. But the delight shall be in the law of the Lord and in the law should you meditate day and night so you don't go nowhere near that crazy. Right? That humility would do that. Lack of humility. I, I said, come on, me. You know, casual, like, come on, man. I live for the Lord, man. Yeah, no, see, when I go in these situations, I'm the influence. Are you? Are you? <laughs> Is it bleeding in? All right, so Deuteronomy 8, we've read this before, but Deuteronomy 8, too, it says, God's uh, taking you in the wilderness. He's allowed the wilderness what? To humble you, to prove you, so you would know what's in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Because you think, see, see, the wilderness is because we think we're going to keep his commandments. We're saying, oh, when I get there, Lord, I'm straight. Let me take you in the wilderness. Jesus even went in the wilderness. So it's not like, like, you got to go in the wilderness. We all going to go through wilderness. If Jesus went through it, we're going to go through it. So, but you, when you're in that wilderness, you're going to know who you, who you really are. Not, no, 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 not who you say you, oh, no, Lord, I don't know what the holdup is. I'm ready. Okay. You, excuse me, what'd you just say? I'm ready. Let me hear you one more time. I'm ready. Okay, no problem. Just come on over here. Where are we going? We're going into the wilderness. No, 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 I said I'm ready. I don't even need the wilderness. No, 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 the wilderness is going to show you if, you, if, you, if you're really ready or not. <laughs> so it's, it's going to humble you because you're going to see where you're really at. Not to condemn you, hey, not to crush you. So you can recognize and now embrace what you need to be ready. To really be ready. You got, some people actually think they're being overlooked. Ain't that amazing? Soon as you start thinking you're being over, overlooked, what is that based on? Your assessment of where you are. Not God. Some people think I didn't deserve that. Based on what? You didn't deserve that based on what? We, we assess ourselves as. <laughs> okay, some situations are undeserved. Like, we could do this all day. Every statement I make, in your mind, you can come up with a, with a, with a counter. Man, just take it for full face value of what God's trying to say right now. Right? Don't let pride have in your counter everything. 
Now, I'm saying that because there's people listening all over the country, okay? All right, y'all good? Everybody's good? All my, now, if it's you, then take that. <laughs> if that was you, take that, you know. But I, I'm a man of God. I pick up in the spirit. That's all. All right, so, 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 so this is the thing. Like, man lives off of the life resources and the cover God provides, not what he thinks he's done. Man lives off the life, the resources, and the cover God provides, not what we think we provide. See, that the second part, of, after, after how many of you prove you know what's in your heart, he said, to let you know, man shall not live by bread alone, his nourishing himself, his resources, his cover, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And if that's the only scripture in the Bible, are we making sure, like we make sure we eat, I know right now, no one's struggling on eating in here. We gonna eat. And whatever state, I think we all equal there. Like if you're rich, you're poor, you know, uh, uh, lower, lower class, upper, lower class, lower, middle class, lower, middle class, upper, all the classes. Guess what we all have in common? We eat. <laughs> right? Yeah, so, 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 so the thing is, but are we all... See, see, we all eat, but are we all eating that word? With children of God, are we humble enough to say, I need the word. I can't go without, because I know there's people say they can't go without eating. And can miss a couple meals, <laughs> right? I notice that. I notice people say certain things they can't go without. Oh, no, 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 I got to get my hair done. You, are you crazy? I got to get my hair done. Do you got to get that word in you? <laughs> exactly. But, but, but now, now, now the statement is yes, that's the answer to the question, but are we living like that? You see what I'm saying? Like, I got to get it. Oh, I can't go without it. Oh, I'm at a red light. Well, y'all might not do that, the red light thing. <laughs> you didn't like that the last time I said that, right? Well, whatever, when you have the opportunity to get the word. <laughs> well, I'll be sitting waiting to get my hair cut. I put my headphones on, got the gospel going, I'm just... Am I lying? I'm, I, I got my phone up. I'm listening to the word. I'm at the gym. Between sets, I'm, I got the word. I'm, I'm reading the word. I'm in it. You know, I'm reading the word or I'm going into something I'm studying because I got it all on the, you know, modern technology. I got it all available. So if I want to read, I can read. If I need to study some notes or if something comes to me while I'm reading that can go in the notes, it's all in there. In, in there. So I'm in, I'm in there. I'm working out. Got my set going. I'm reading. Got my set going. I'm reading. I'm getting that word in. I'm not playing around. Am I lying? I'm getting that word. Man, I put the, the TV on mute. It could be a game. And I just be, I, I'll study. I'll be in, doing all types of stuff. You got to get that word in, man. I'm a pastor. I'm going to read the word no matter what. But I have to have my own relationship with God and the word independent of teaching people. I need it bad. Whew. I need it bad. See, see, this is the thing. Pride is quick to pull you into building beyond your own character. Pride is quick to pull you into building beyond your own character. So I was this friend of mine, uh, uh, he's, uh, played in the NBA. He's, he, he does a blog. He has a lot of things going on now. And he, was, he did a, a blog on character. You know, so, you know, character is my thing. You know, a lot of times... We don't have the character to handle what our gifting, our ability is going to produce. But I noticed something about pride. Pride will rush you into levels. I was running today. I was talking to the Lord about different things. Lord, what are you doing? 
Lord, what are you, uh, what are you doing? What do you want me to do? What's my fit in what you're doing? You know, I was out, at, you know, running this this morning, and um, one of the things the Lord was telling me about, He said, He said, He said, as as much as it seems like you are patient, I want you to be more patient. He says, as much as it seems like you need to do this and that, because I, 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 mean, I have access to a lot of things and a lot of people. And he was like, as much as you, what crosses your mind, and this is what crosses my mind, the, the Holy Spirit didn't give me this, crosses my mind as well, have I maximized that connection? That's going to cross my mind. So maybe I should, should, should invest more in that connection. Lord said, I didn't tell you to invest in that connection. I told you to lift me up, and I'll take it from there. <laughs> right? He says, everything that's happened in your life, similar to Saul, what do we read? Saul, when you were small in your eyes, you became first king, king of a kingdom. He didn't, he didn't jockey for position. He didn't pull nobody out of place. He didn't manipulate nobody. He didn't have 17 degrees. Before he did it, look, he, he didn't put his hands on nothing. He says, when you were small in your eyes. So that means he didn't see himself as, well, I don't understand why I'm not a king or a judge. Back then it was judges before the kings, before he became king. No, no, no. When he was totally decreased is when God made him king. Look, 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 God has taken the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And right after it says that, 1 Corinthians 1, 27, it says he's taken the base things, those that are in humility, those that you would have never selected, to, to confound them that think, but I have more stats, more status. I've been in the military. How are you going to choose David, man? How are you going to make this person president? I don't understand, man. I've been going up the ranks, man. I saw this thing, designated survivor, and the guy was just a survivor, but he was the least likely person that they would think they would need. Or everybody would have to die before this guy would be pulled in as the designated survivor to be the president. I mean, he was, this, he was in the Senate, but he was over, like, parks and recreation. Right? So when, I, so, so when, he, when, when they said, okay, well, based on how everything goes, you're the designated survivor. You're the president. All the people that was coming up, lawyers, uh, been in the governor's senate, they was like, man, this dude, he don't deserve to be the president. I came up the ranks, man. They tried to sabotage him. People was quitting his ca on his cabinet. I saw this years ago, ages ago. They was quitting on his cabinet. Why? Because they was like, no, 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 no. We ain't going to help this dude. He don't deserve it. It was, it was foolishness to them. It was foolishness to them. But this dude wasn't trying to be, he wasn't jockeying for a position. He was just cool in his little spot. But he was the person that, 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 that was called up. God is about to call some people up. It ain't got nothing to do with stats or status. It's the heart. There are people that are so humble in their heart that God's like, man, I just got to get that person in position because I can use that heart. They ain't going to get in the way. There's people that he go, man, I'll put you there. You're going to be all in the way. Just like you always been. Well, I said Proverbs 14, uh, 1 through 3 is, is the scripture for, you know, because how pride has you jumping the gun, getting out ahead of God, right? Man, I'll read it. I mean, I need to start being 
I'm so structured sometimes. See, that's, that's me. Keith is structured. God flows with the structure. You have to offer it to him. All right, so uh, Proverbs 4, 14.1. It says, every wise woman build, buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. Look, just, just added her hands to it, right? Try to control it. It says, he that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord, reverence. It says, but he that is perverse or twisted in his ways despiseth him. Like you despise because the Lord got you following a narrow path. Three, in the mouth of the foolish is a ride of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. If, if you study it out, I've studied out various versions of this. It's just getting out ahead of God. Lean into your own understanding, right? And that's what pride will do for you. Uh, I'm going to read this quote by John again. It says, pride forces the people to think only about themselves and their world. What's important to them? It says, it is pride's power that largely blinds us to the reality of God's intimate involvement in our individual lives. We tend to see God as only generally involved which inhibits us from more fully understanding much of what he has to reveal. He has to reveal himself to us. So God uses things to reveal himself to us, right? But since we think God is only generally involved, we don't see, recognize God operating in our lives and in every life that he exposes us to. It is this revelation that God wants to give to us uh, that should lead to thanksgiving. See, see, when we recognize God put us in heirs, God put us in position, God uh, put us in our families, God gave us this opportunity. We think it's all us. There's no competency of ourselves. Like we, 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 we think it's by, by, yeah, because I decided to do this. Like we go through these little different things where, you know, uh, you know, even as people grow in church, they sit back and go, you know, I just want to wait till I think things is the way I want them to be. We're not asking God. Yeah, I just want to make sure, you know, because, you know, I got to evaluate. You evaluate what God's doing or you just ask him, right? And be obedient to what he tells you to do. See, so that's why God doesn't, we don't see God at times, and that's why it's hard for us to give the thanksgiving. You know, God inhabits the praises of his people. He shows up, man. He shows up when we're in appreciation. And you're in appreciation when you know it's not by my power, not by my might, it's by God. No competency in myself. Like, like, okay, so, so parents deal with this a lot. So, and I actually saw this the other day too. So, so the, the daughter was telling the mom, like, uh, nah, I, I don't think I'm doing that. So the mom looked and said, okay, let me get this right. You're in my house, eating my food, using my electric, and you're telling me what you are and are not going to do. You're a dependent, right? So then uh, I, I've seen a situation where, where a young man purchased whatever they purchased. Let's just say they purchased something. Uh, this happened even with a, uh, an adult. They purchased something, but they were able to purchase it because the other person was covering the responsibilities. But they said to themselves, 
No, this is mine because I got this. But they didn't realize you couldn't get it if you had to pay for the responsibilities. So what God is saying, I paid the price. I paid the price. Everything you're doing is because of the price that I paid. But you're operating as if, no, 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 it's mine over here because I, I did this. Okay, if you're not here, you can't even think like you're thinking. You're dead. You're gone. So, so, so I've afforded you everything. Like, like, you didn't make your brain. I did. I gave you that special ability to process the way you process. You better offer it to me. As opposed to, no, no, I think a little different. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to somebody. You may see this. That's fine. Uh, I don't know what's going on with me anyway tonight. But, but, but when a person starts to use all their intellect to question God, God gave you the intellect to come up with the questions. Are we serious? But we won't question the compromise that's out here all the time. We're going to question God. But, 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 but we, I can't say the name. I could say the name if I wanted to. I'd be nice. But, but we ain't going to question, y'all just pick all the names of all the alcoholic beverages and stuff like that. We ain't questioning none of that. Even though the, 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 you, the cigarette pack said it'll kill you. But ain't nobody, you know, I, I'm going to, if it takes me forever, I'm going to figure out why this stuff will kill me. No, no, we, we, we smoking. We've already committed to it. But God, oh no, well, I, you know, I just don't understand. You know, I just need more time. Before I go all in, I need more time. But we go all in to listen to that music. We go all in to dance. We go all in to sing. We go all in to act. We, go, we, we jump into all these other things, but, but with God. That's what I'm saying. Let, okay, we all growing. So, so I'm probably a little hyped. But, but the reality is, what I'm just saying is, what happened to our humility? And our appreciation. Like, the, okay, this year, it should be a year where everybody appreciate. We should appreciate, period. But folk dying left and right. I'm not, listen, people die every, every year. I, I get all that. But I, maybe it's me, but I've seen more people die in this past year. I, all types of folk dying. Almost like even a level of folk is being shifted and another level is coming up. Like, but it's all types of, like, you know, you would hear a celebrity here and there. No, it's like tons. But we run around taking for granted that we're here. And we think we're just here for what? To complain, to argue, or to fulfill purpose? To sit on gifts? You know who the gift's for? The next person you run into. The next situation you into. That's what it's for. Not for you to wait until what? You have some type of grand platform. That gift is, that revelation, you know what it's for? Next person you run into. Next person you talk to. That's what it's for. So, 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 is, is we, uh, I'm supposed to get into the vulnerability, but that's cool. We'll talk about this next week. I, I just, you know, I, we can do it, man. We can do it. But we got to get out the way. <laughs> like, we can do it, but we got to get out the way. Not really. Get out of our heads. Get out. That's, that's pride. Get out of our heads. Just float. 
what's that? That's Wednesday's message, right? Or Sunday's message, right? This float. Like, humility, decrease. Be still. Know that I'm God. Let him resurrect you. Like, really experience the resurrection. Challenge yourself, Lord, what do I need to do to allow you to resurrect me? What do I need to do? Whatever I need to do to get out of the way. Like, we, we just pick and choose when we want to be around God, when God is important, when the word of God is important. And we kind of flow like, you know, like, like, like we all in. Like, we're fulfilling everything God told us to do. So we like, ah, nah, nah, nah. I, I might do God today. I might listen to your word. I might come into your house. I might, I, you know. I'll, I'll see how I feel, you know. But there's something in us that thinks that's okay. Versus a reverence for, I need thee. Oh, Lord, I need thee. It's, that's something that's in us where we don't think we need thee. We're casual with God. We're more serious about whatever that girl or boy that we stalk, stalking than God. Sorry about that. If you stalking somebody, that was, I, I, I didn't know. I was, <laughs> my bad. All right, that's, that's enough for today. Give me some thoughts.